Well, hello again, and welcome to another episode of the Hyperion Adventures Podcast. I'm Tom. As always, I'm with my gorgeous, wonderful, intelligent, <laughs> hardworking, Disneyland love yeah. and wife and co-host, Michelle. Thank you, sweetie. Hi, everybody. So good to have you with us. We are recording this episode on Sunday, October 31st, 2021. Yes, if you are actually listening to this episode <laughs> on the day that we are recording it, happy Halloween. <laughs> if, you're, if you're listening to it on Monday, happy Dia de los Muertos. Right. And if you're listening to it in any other day of the week, well, we're just glad you're along exactly. for the ride. So. Uh, thank you for joining us today. In the future, you can find us most everywhere you get podcasts. However, the very best place to find us is on our own website, HyperionAdventuresPodcast.com. And while you're there, you'll be given an opportunity to join our newsletter. And we would love you to do that if you haven't already. Yes, please sign up for the newsletter. It's just another way to be involved in the Hyperion Adventures podcast world. We tend to give you some of the stuff we release out there on social media or various different avenues first and sometimes there's stuff that you only get like this last week where you got that video that michelle <laughs> sent me to post out there that was kind of an influence to the haunted mansion right. and we actually got a couple responses <laughs> to that video I'm like boy that was creepy, yeah, was creepy. <laughs> but they could see the influence through the haunted mansion that all goes back to last week's episode where michelle broke down the history of the haunted mansion yeah that was fun that was a lot of fun that was more of our halloween themed episode we're not since this is actually coming out and most of you will listen to it after halloween right. where we decided that this episode wouldn't be uh, based on halloween but we're going to have some fun anyways. Another way to be involved with us is on social media. Please check us out on Twitter at Hyperion Podcast, Facebook, Instagram, and Pinterest at Hyperion Adventures Podcast. If you are on Facebook or Meta or whatever they're calling it now, <laughs> please find our Hyperion Adventures, Hyperion Adventurers Facebook group where it's just a great place where we're having a lot of positive Disney energy. Right. I know there's a lot of concern about Facebook, some things that have come out over the last few weeks, but trust us when we say this is a safe, warm, embracing, right. positive space that you'll want to go to if you are on Facebook. Right. And thank you for those of you who have joined in the group already. We love your stories when you share, your uh, when you point out your upcoming trips and some of your plans, point out some questions and things like that. We love it. Yes, we love it very much for all the who are joining in on that fun already. Also, you can follow us on our YouTube channel. Uh, just do a quick search for Hyperion Adventures Podcast. Hit subscribe and you'll know whenever we have a new video there. And if you ever want to contact us for any reason, please hit us up at our Gmail account, Podcast at gmail.com. Yeah, we love to hear from you if you have any questions, any comments, as always. And thanks to those of you who sent some messages this week. Very yes, touching. really appreciate that. If you just want to say hi that's fine uh any reason you want to contact us through any of these avenues right. uh we would appreciate it and if you feel that you've got some value out of the show you've enjoyed it on a weekly basis or bi-weekly or however often you listen to it and you want to give us a little support well there's a couple ways you can do that you can do it through our spreadshirt shop where you can purchase some of our logo merchandise we have all sorts of different items all sorts of different colors different sizes uh that you just do a search for hyperion adventures podcast at spreadshirt.com and you'll find us there or you can join our patreon uh, group where we have tiers starting as low as two dollars per month and we'll get you some swag out for right. that uh, we sent out a new 
uh, hype, uh, excuse me, Disney Dishes blog recipe of the month that goes out every month to uh, tiers that are $5 right. per month or higher. Uh, we'll get you that as well. Uh, just go to patreon.com slash Hyperion Adventures podcast and uh, just go ahead and join up for whichever category suits you the best. Right. And we really appreciate, again, those of you who have done that already. And another way that's really uh, beneficial to support us is if you could give us a, a rating, a five-star rating is the best. And that really helps uh, get people to know about our podcast. Yes, a five-star rating, a five-star review especially mm -hmm. is really great. And if you do give us a five-star review, we will absolutely read it on the show. That's right. So uh, now we go to the segment of the week that is one of my favorites. As a matter of fact, it is my favorite thing from this week. Not, not my favorite thing, <laughs> but that is the title of the segment. My favorite thing from this week. And whenever we do this, we always start with Michelle because her favorite things are always the best things. So Michelle, what is your favorite thing from this week? It's so funny because the other day I was thinking about this and I thought, oh, I got it. And as we sit here today... <laughs> I you, totally spaced. Do you want me to go through mine while you try and think of yours again? Yes. I know. It's just like it's right there. That's fine. It must not have been very impressive. Yeah. But. That's okay. I'll go through mine. So my favorite thing from this week is actually something that I was thinking about using last week, but I'm going to go ahead and use it this week because it's still my favorite thing from this week. And you may remember back in October of 2019, we were lucky enough to go down to the Old Globe here in San Diego and go see a show, mm -hmm. a brand new musical uh, that had come out that was in preparations. It was kind of in previews here. Uh, and then it was going to head to New York, to Broadway. Uh, and we and we were really excited for it. It was great. It's, it was almost famous. If you know the movie, almost famous, the kind of story of a, a teenager who uh, goes and follows this rock band across the country, you know, to write up a story right. on them for Rolling Stone, Stone magazine. Uh, that was the show. We loved it. It got great reviews. It was getting ready to go to Broadway. It closed up here in late November or early December. And they were saying that, you know, it's in such high praise right. that they were just waiting for a theater to open up for it mm -hmm. to go ahead and go. And then, well, in 2020, something kind of happened yeah. that made all the theaters <laughs> close on Broadway. So they kind of had to put that obviously on the back burner. Well, as of the last couple weeks, uh, they are gearing back up for the show. They have a theater for it now. They are starting to do reads for it, uh, get back to rehearsals, get ready to go. Most of the cast, even despite the two-year layoff between shows uh, wow. is returning great. so uh, I was really excited to see some photos and uh, some posts on Instagram and stuff from this group that they're getting ready to come back and do the show because it is a magnificent show yeah it was a lot of fun um, it was an amazing cast and yeah you could see when we saw it like you said in on um, the Old Globe Theater you could definitely feel the energy in the audience uh, it, it was one of those um performances or productions that did engage the audience from time to time. So that was really great. It makes for a much more um, immersive experience when you go see it. Right. Uh, we still have uh, one of the Rolling Stone magazines right. that they handed out to a few people <laughs> out there that has still water on the cover. If you know the movie, uh, it's one of my favorite movies. I know it's one of Michelle's favorites yeah. too. We love that movie very much and we love the show very much. And we highly recommend, especially if you loved the movie um, that you go check this out when it comes out on Broadway, there'll be at the John Golden theater is what we're hearing about that. Uh, the most 
probably most famous show that you may know that appeared at that theater was Avenue Q. Uh, that was back from a few years back. Mm-hmm. That was a very popular show. Uh, previews begin on February 25th out there for this nice. and the show will officially open according to this website I looked up it's on the internet so <laughs> must be true right uh we'll officially open up on march 25th but please go check out almost famous if you're in the area if you like going to broadway shows if you're going to be in new york um we expect high things from the cast like i said was magnificent mm-hmm. uh, the show was great and uh very true to the movie some shifts in it to kind of um, cause you know, I mean, some of the things that were released when this movie came out and honestly, what, you know, this movie focuses on, which is a rock band in the seventies right. may not be appropriate necessarily <laughs> for the, so they shifted a couple things around to kind of make it more, you know, available, more inclusive for everybody. But we think you'll really enjoy this Definitely, show. Definitely. Yeah. It was great. So, so that's my that's, favorite that thing from cool. this week. Thanks. Um, Michelle, have you thought of your favorite thing from this week? Sure. So I can't believe I didn't remember this when we were first talking, when you first asked me, but I think I'm just in weekend brain here and, you know, so, and I was up kind of late, <laughs> just playing around on some things with the computer and stuff. You were, you were up really late. Yeah. Yeah. Doing some, you know, trip planning and stuff fun like that. Anyways, um, every two years, uh, the clinics have to go through an inspection uh, for handling certain like Medicare um, or Medicaid patients. And so we had that at the beginning of the week. And, you know, I have a really great team around it that, that helps support everything at our clinic operations. And we did really great. That's great. Yeah. That's awesome. I yeah. know you were a little bit nervous about yeah, you it. you never because, know what they're going to find. Right. You never know. Anytime <laughs> you're in an inspection. I know when I was doing catering and we ever we had the health inspector, our kitchen was perfectly clean. Right. But still, when they the health inspector come by, you're still a little bit on edge about right. it. Right. Did I'm, somebody put something in the wrong place right. that they shouldn't have? Yeah. Yes, I know. So um, I, I totally get that. And so I'm glad it all went really, really well for you, you and your team. And that's fantastic. Yeah. Yeah. It went really, really well. So and now I'm glad that's behind me. <laughs> yes, absolutely. Absolutely. So very good. Thanks. Uh, we did get something from one of our yeah, listeners this so cool. week uh, as a my favorite thing from this week. This was from Scott in Minnesota. And he said, hey, Tom and Michelle, my favorite thing from this week is the Hyperion adventure my family and I are on currently. We just saw a live performance of The Nightmare Before Christmas featuring Danny Elfman, Billie yeah. Eilish, Paul Rubens, Weird Al Yankovic, <laughs> and the LA Philharmonic. Nice. We got to see something very similar to that a few years right. back and that's a great show yeah it really is and there's nothing like watching the film with the orchestra right we've seen that with the, the empire strikes back a couple mm-hmm. years ago but this was uh really special going to see uh, the nightmare before christmas with danny elfman yes. singing his parts and some of the other characters um you know some of the other actors who played those characters doing their parts as right, well right right and and he's a great performer and of course weird al right Don't, yes can't get much better, can't than, too that. Much better than weird al <laughs> Uh, he went on to say, we weren't sure about some of the substitutions, specifically Billie Eilish, since we are all big Catherine O'Hara fans. Mm-hmm. Totally understandable. She originally played Sally. Right. Um, but she did a really good job as Sally. And as a bonus, as an encore, Danny strapped on a guitar, brought out Steve Bartek, and played Dead Man's Party. Nice. You know, they were both yeah. members mm-hmm. of Boingo Boingo, uh, Dead Man's Party. And that's, uh, that's, a, that's a cool encore. Right, yeah, same definitely. Thing, same thing happened for us, and right. that's really, really fun. Very, very cool, yeah. Uh, again, more from Scott. He said, and since we are in California, uh, we had to stop at Disneyland on Thursday and today. He wrote this on Saturday. It, California Adventure and Web Slingers. 
He said, I got up early and already have our boarding group. Yes. I hope that went well for him. Uh, he attached a few photos. And he said he's going to do a photo uh, dump in the Hyperion Adventurers Facebook group once they get back from their trip. So Very look forward cool. to that for yes. all those of you who are members of that. So thanks, Scott, in Minnesota, yeah, uh, or, or as he says here, in Anaheim currently. <laughs> so I hope you had a great trip. I saw a couple of the pictures he sent us, and uh, they look fantastic. Right. It looks like the family's having a great time. Yeah, sure did. looks fun. And thank you so much for taking the time to share that with us. We really appreciate it. It looks amazing and we hope you have very safe travels home yes for sure for sure so as for this week's show we have lots of stuff for you this week including we learned a lot more about the exciting new rotational dining rooms that will be available for you aboard the mm-hmm. disney wish when it debuts next year that's exciting stuff so very exciting yeah <laughs> yes and even talking about really exciting disneyland teases the return of an all-time mm-hmm. guest favorite speaking of disneyland Let's get to our main topic of the week. Yeah, so for this week's main topic, uh, you know, it's been a while. Uh, Originally did a version of this exact Mm -hmm. same show back in April of 2018. Uh, yeah, the show was, wasn't even a full one year old yet. So if you go back and listen to that episode, eh, at least we had been like, uh, you know, eight, nine months under our belt at that point. So a little better than those first five or six shows or whatever, but, um, we we were still evolving this show and some people will say, well, you still need to keep working on it. True. Put it back in the oven, (laughs) let it bake for a little longer. We're trying. Uh, anyway, um, there have been lots of changes at Disneyland mm-hmm. since we did this show. So we thought this would be a good time to go back and address this show that for people who are planning trips in the future that have been to Di- or have never been to Disneyland but know right. Walt Disney World or maybe they've been to Disneyland before but it's been a long time. Right, yes. And you know, going through the preparations for today's episode and and looking back at our notes from 2018 or at least my notes from 2018, I mean, I think some of the expectations can be very different now. Uh, one, obviously, the pandemic changed a lot of things and some of the the um, experiences one could do, such as Fast Pass, et cetera. But um, I think the other bigger thing is with some of the expansions to Disneyland and, and maybe the approach um, with that in mind can be somewhat different to set appropriate expectations right so yeah if you go back to that those episodes they were recorded back in april of 2018 there were a couple of new lands that were getting set to open that we were very excited about well those lands are open now we will definitely be talking about those as well so as you may know i grew up here on the west coast Mm -hmm. so disneyland was my home i knew disneyland very very well and so but michelle was different michelle grew up on the east coast Mm -hmm. Her base of Disney fun was the Walt Disney World (laughs) Resort. So, uh, Michelle, you eventually went out to Disneyland even before you met me. Right. And then you went out later on uh, uh, several more times. Obviously, you go, we go fairly regularly now. Right. But what was your first impression when you went to Disneyland for the first time? Like the first couple times that I actually went to Disneyland, it, I, I hate to say this, it was, but it was rather disappointing. Uh, you know, one, maybe I didn't know the history as much. 
Um, I did know some. I knew it was the original park. Uh, but it just it just felt so small and and the scale of it was just kind of like a thud and I was I, I had good a good time but I was like oh man if I had only known to expect this maybe it wouldn't have been so much of an emotional let down. Yeah. I mean, the first thing you do, if you go down Main Street USA and you look at the end of it and go see Sleeping Beauty Castle, and if you're used to seeing Cinderella Castle right. at Magic Kingdom, well, you're going to think, hey, that castle's pretty tiny. <laughs> right, right. You know? and, and and I have some great things to share on that too. But, um, you know, I, I think the other thing is also earlier, like you said already, that there were two lands that weren't open that are now open. But also, even more than that, it was a time when Disneyland was not being given the same level of attention um, as what was going on in Walt Disney World, that where they just kept expanding, you know, one with hotels and um, and the cruise line, et cetera. But um, they also were they were building California Adventure Park out here. And it and they admit it wasn't the park that they were really putting a lot into that they even cut back a lot of the things that the Imagineers wanted to incorporate into it. It was just kind of let's get this out there. And they've had to revamp it as a result of that. So, you know, I think all these things together really made it feel less of something that was as spectacular as one might expect being, hey, this was the first of something. Mm -hmm. And by the way, if you're hearing some noises in the background, our son has decided to come down and enjoy us recording yes. this show. <laughs> so uh, just uh, every once in a while, people wonder what noises are in the background, <laughs> yes. what's going on. I uh, just wanted to let you know. But yes, yes. Uh, as far as your comments about Disneyland, uh, you know, yeah, that, and, and this is why I think it was important to lead off with this, is mm -hmm. that if you're used to Walt Disney World, Disneyland may seem very small, compact, tiny, right. but that is also to its advantage. Exactly. I think we're going to find out throughout this episode. That's right. That's right. It's just like trying to, you know, our goal here is just to help you prevent the culture shock that could lead to a disappointment. And, you know, I know like even for my mom, I, you know, I never could really even get her to come back because of, of that. But anyways, um, that being said, I, I, I do think that there's um, some, like you said, some great things that are wonderful about Disneyland now more than ever. And so let's let's kind of go through that. Yeah. I mean, the, you know, the, the, the start of it is like the history of Disneyland, as you already touched on a mm -hmm. little bit there. I mean, Disneyland was the original park. Right. It was Walt's original dream to build this park where families can go and have a great time together. Something right. that really didn't exist in our world up until exactly. that point. Uh, and so that's one of the first things that should strike you when you go down and show up at Disneyland Park and walk down Main Street right. USA is that, just remember, none of this, none of Walt Disney World, none right. of this other <laughs> stuff would exist if it weren't for this area, this park right here, Disneyland Park. Right, right. So in order to do this, I thought maybe why don't we go through kind of like at the beginning, like in terms of preparations and and actually just getting to Disneyland. And, because there are some differences there from currently, and I know Walt Disney World is going through some changes as well, but let's talk about some of those. Sure. And I'm going to start off with getting there. 
I mean, how do you get to Disneyland if you're coming from a right. different part of the country? Obviously, if you go to Walt Disney World regularly, uh, then you kind of have that all plotted out. Disneyland mm-hmm. is a little bit of a different animal. For one thing, there are several different airports that you can fly into. Right. I mean, most likely, if you're going to Walt Disney World, you're flying into Orlando International Airport. I'm right. not saying that you can't fly into Tampa or some of the other right. airports right. that are in the area, but most likely, you're flying to Orlando up until the end of this year, you would most likely do uh, the Magical Express right. to get there to, if you had to stay on the Disney Resort property. Things are going to change a little bit, obviously, coming mm-hmm. up, and we may address that next week's episode. Uh, but they don't have anything like that at the mm-hmm. for going to Disneyland. And the fact is that there are several different airports you can fly into to get to Disneyland. Of, of course, there's Los Angeles International Airport, probably the biggest airport. Right. It's a giant, enormous airport. Right. That's most likely. The closest airport is Orange County, also known as John Wayne mm-hmm. Airport. Um, that will be the most convenient to you. But you might also fly into, fly into Long Beach. You might fly into Burbank, Ontario, or even down here near us to San Diego. Right. Always uh, for you to get uh, to uh, Disneyland, if you have a trip planned, if you're looking for flights, all those are available for you. So, and there was a time when Disneyland did have a shuttle service mm-hmm. that ran from both uh, John Wayne, Orange County International mm-hmm. Airport, and um, Los Angeles, LAX, Los Angeles International Airport. However, that doesn't exist anymore. And it wasn't a free service to begin with. It was right. also a pay service. You would show up at the airport, you tell them you want to board it. It'd be like 30 bucks or whatever, and it would take you there. But they discontinued that mm-hmm. a couple of years ago. So uh, now if you want to go, and then we're, we're going to stick with the most likely airports you would fly to. Right. I mean, yes, you, uh, Burbank, um, Ontario, San Diego, whatever. Yeah, you could fly into those. But uh, most likely you're going to either go into LAX or you're going to go into John Wayne. Right. You know. So um, the first way you can think of when, if you're going to go these distances is using a rental car. Now, that is convenient mm-hmm. for you. I mean, obviously, rental car rates, they can differ from different times of the year, but they're usually not that bad. Right. And it opens you up, especially if you're in the area going to Disneyland and want to stop off at, you know, go see Hollywood right. or some other other sites to go check out in and around uh, the L.A. Orange County area. Right. That opens that up for you. But when you're thinking about pricing this out, uh, please take into account that most of the hotels do charge for parking. Right. And all the Disney hotels, unless you're a Disney Vacation Club member spending, staying on Disney Vacation Club points, points yes. uh, they're going to charge you for parking there. They're going to charge you for parking at the parks. And by the way, the price of parking just went up at Disneyland. Right. And uh, a lot of the hotels do charge for parking. Now, there are some off-site hotels that don't. You want to check with that when you're deciding on where you want to stay, right. if that is a benefit to you. Right. And those are usually further away where you really can't walk mm-hmm. to the park from there. Um, so you would end up paying for parking at the at the parks. There are a couple hotels and they're relatively nearby right. that do offer free parking or included parking within your price for your hotel room. But again, check with them and find out and then that's a good way to, to decide between what hotel you like if you right. find a couple that are um, you know, about the same if you're bringing a car. Now, uh, there's also taking shuttles, airport shuttles uh, to 
these different uh, to the parks uh, from these different airports and the prices may vary so you want to kind of shop around in advance uh, i've seen prices as low as like 17 dollars huh? uh, to get all the way from lax to disneyland which is a long way it is especially with la traffic it can be a long time to get to though between those two spots orange that, county yeah. pretty close lax it's a long ways away the first time i came in i went lax and i didn't do um really much research and you know this was before the internet was really as advantageous as it is now to research some of those things and so i just thought oh disney that's first day first one it's big it had to be near lax and ended up taking a cab that costed me an arm and a leg yeah yeah cabs will be expensive if that's yes. an option you can take a cab those will be very expensive though just know that uh, the other way to go is a ride share. Right. Uh, so Lyft, Uber, you know, the regular companies, Lyft tends to be a little bit less expensive, but you mm -hmm. use what service you prefer. Um, from LAX, uh, again, this is an average price at the regular time, not surge pricing or whatever, mm -hmm. but that's run to run you about 42 to $49 per way for, a, mm -hmm. you know, the smaller versions of those. So the smaller cars, if you have a big family or a lot of luggage or right. whatever, you're probably going to have to pay a bit more. Um, and, and if you want to come from John Wayne Airport, uh, that will be only from $25 to $30 to get there. So mm -hmm. options for you. And again, don't quote us on those prices because we know that both those companies, as they have limited drivers, right. as they get surge times where a lot of people are looking for drivers, those prices could change. Sure. And tips are usually, you need to add a tip onto right. that price as well. So know that. Um, there's limos you could hire if you want to go really upscale. Yeah. Um, you can probably find that for somewhere around $50, $60, $70, mm -hmm. you know, and that's not terrible. Right. Um, there's, there's options. Uh, taxi, as Michelle mentioned earlier, it's not bad from John Wayne Airport. Like mm -hmm. I said, that place is pretty close to Disneyland. You're right. only about 15, 20 minutes away from right. Disneyland. Not bad. Wouldn't suggest it from LAX. Right. That meter's going to be going for <laughs> yes. a while, especially if you hit traffic. Exactly. Whew, that can be really tough. So eh, I'd probably steer away from the taxi right. if I were you. Yeah, definitely. So, And uh, if, you, if you decide to fly in with us here in San Diego, of course, you can rent a car. You can do shuttles. You can do all sorts of stuff. But there's also, we have a train that runs mm -hmm. right from San Diego, pretty near the airport, all the way up to Anaheim, right. pretty exactly. close to Disneyland. So if you want to do that, it's called the Pacific Surfliner on Amtrak. Uh, it, you can just do a from the airport, which you can practically walk. I mean, I don't suggest it, but you can right. walk to the airport to the train station if you really wanted to. But a quick ride share, which is only going to run you about 15 bucks to the train station. Mm -hmm. um, you, you take the train up. Uh, nice ride up the coastline. Beautiful. You get some beautiful shots of the Pacific Coast there, if, especially if you've never seen the Pacific Ocean. It's a nice trip up. And, and then it stops right there in Anaheim. And again, it's another quick ride share to your hotel or to Disneyland. Again, mm -hmm. another 15 bucks. It's yeah, really, really, really short. Close. Yeah. Um, that's another way. And they also have some public transportation that can get you right. there as well. So, um, Really, really easy, you know, ways to get there. Um, even if you fly into San Diego, again, LAX, the most common place you'll fly into, just because the most airlines fly into there. Right. Um, but if you're thinking about doing it in a different way, those are some other options for you. Right. So, like John Wayne, as you mentioned, would be your most efficient way. If you're coming to San Diego, you're doing it for a little bit more of an experience as well. Right. So, because it is, you know, one the train from San Diego, like you said, to Anaheim is right on the coast. You see 
beautiful views of the ocean. It's just kind of a cool way to travel, but it's not the quickest way. No, it's not the quickest. It's just kind of a, you may want to come into San Diego for a couple of days right. just to, to check it out. Maybe you're stopping by for a Disney cruise or whatever sure. when the wonders in town and, and sailing out of here, or maybe you just want to come in, spend a couple of days, you know, see some of the, the highlights that we have around here, mm-hmm. the coastline. If you want to go to Coronado and go see the Hotel Del Coronado, which will remind you quite a little bit of the Grand Floridian <laughs> yes. if you're a Walt Disney World fan, um, because that's exactly where they got the yes. idea for it. For, <laughs> Very much um, alike. The yeah. Architect. Uh, it's, yeah. A, it's a nice little fun community to yes. go check out. So uh, if you do come to San Diego, but now let's get to the hotel when you go to Disneyland, because this is a big difference from what <laughs> you do when you right. go to the Walt Disney World Resort. Now, things have changed a little bit with the Walt Disney World Resort, but there's a good chance that if you're if you're taking a vacation there, that you're probably going to stay on a Disney property right. because there are many different Walt Disney World Resorts at many different price ranges. Exactly. You can stay off property, and there are some great hotels mm-hmm. there. Um, but if you're going to Disneyland, the chances are <laughs> you are going to stay off property. Right. Now, there because that's the fact that there are only three Disneyland official resorts right. on site there. And they are all pretty darn expensive. Right. Okay. Especially the Grand Florida or Grand Californian, excuse right. me. Um, that is very expensive. Disneyland hotel, pretty expensive right. as well. And then there's the Paradise Pier Hotel. Eh, not as bad, but still pretty expensive for what you get. Right. Yeah. I was just going to say that. I think in terms of your, if you're talking value of what you're getting, you're paying more just to be at a Disney hotel um, versus necessarily conveniences and, and amenities. And right, right, exactly. But it is a way to stay more in the bubble, so to speak, right. you know, that you're, you're used to within Walt Disney World because um, once you get off property, believe me, you'll know you're not in the Disney right. bubble very, <laughs> very soon. You're right in smack dab in the middle of the city with lots of strip malls, lots of motels, right. lots of hotels, all sorts of stuff like that. Right. Well, even when you talk about Paradise Pier, um, you have to kind of walk through the, you know, the city. You're not in a bubble. Uh, no, you're really, but but you're walking through the Disney area when you're right. walking from Paradise Pier. You're not like uh, if you go to the other side of the park right. where you're walking down uh, Harbor or if you're, you know, in that area around there, Catella. Right. Um, those areas, those streets there, those are like, you'll, you're, you you wouldn't even know you're in Disney at right. times, except for that they have Disney souvenirs everywhere. Right, exactly. But so this is the first, I think, part of it too is that lack of a true bubble that you can have if you go to Walt Disney World. Right, exactly. So just be prepared for that. It's another sticker shock that you might get right. when you show up there. So if you want to stay in that Disney bubble and you don't mind paying a little more, well, these hotels that they have there are mm-hmm. excellent. Right. Those Disney hotels are excellent. You don't get a lot of extra perks for mm-hmm. them, but they are really nice and they do have that Disney field and the Disney customer service True. that goes right. along with them. Uh, and you can kind of be in that bubble. You can just go from there, down, walk through downtown Disney straight to the parks. Mm -hmm. It's really, really convenient. If you're at the Grand Californian Hotel, they have an entryway from that hotel right into Disney California Adventure Park, which is really, really nice. Mm -hmm. So as for the off-property places, which is the most likely spot you're going to stay, there are all sorts of different shapes and sizes of hotels. There's really tiny, small 
budget places mm-hmm. and some really, really nice places that right. you, you're going to want to shop around, look at for work, what works for you, look at what your goal is for your family and kind of figure it out. They do have good neighbor hotels that Disney actually recommends that they have to kind of hit a certain level of customer service, a certain level of clean, right. cleanliness, you know, and um, there are some some good places that are out there that Disney will actually list on their website. Right, right. Yeah, I think like you've said, uh, the good neighbor hotels and things like that. So those are some options to you. And, you know, when you're pricing out, planning and pricing it out, like you said, you take into consideration the factors of, you know, will you have to pay for parking and, you know, or on the at the hotel as well as at the park or or just what all is inclusive so it's just some other elements to consider when you're making your plans right and the main thing is you know one is price of course um one is convenience and Mm -hmm. that is like you know does it we already talked about costing does it cost you to park there are you within walkable distance because there are several hotels where you're closer to walk to the parks than even the Disney hotels. Right. I mean, you're right there. You can walk True. really easy every day. If you're not within a walking distance, do they offer you a shuttle mm-hmm. to and from right. the parks? A lot of them do. Right. Um, but check in with your with your hotel and make sure that that is the case if that is what your goal is. Right, exactly. So, All right. So the next level of planning um, here really goes, you know, when you're looking at the dining, like you would planning for a Walt Disney World trip. Now, one of the things since our last episode that has kind of synced with Walt Disney World is the 60-day advance, which in the past, if you were just a Disney World aficionado, um, that you would know you could do it 180 days, but that's not true anymore. So at least that's very similar to Disneyland. They've had it forever where it's 60 days. Um, But the other idea that you want to take into consideration when you're making your plans is the the concept of park hopping. And the one big benefit Disneyland has over Walt Disney World is the ease of park hopping. Now, it doesn't mean you have to because you can certainly get a full day in either of the parks and we'll talk more about that. But if you do want to park hop or let's say that you're you're limited, you only have one day and you want to experience a little bit of both, it's so easy. First of all, it's so walkable. It's just across this walkway that is takes minutes to go from one park to the next. Um, you don't have to go through an additional level of security. It's just really, really, you don't have to get on transportation. So you don't have to wait for a bus or a tram or something to take you there. You just walk out from one park and within, you know, five to 10 minutes, you're in the other park. Less than that, because it's right there. I mean, when you go to the Esplanade, where it's right, the, right. You, you get through security, um, depending on if you're going from, you know, if you have to go through downtown Disney, or if you're coming from the other direction where security is right there, you'll walk into the Esplanade there, you look to the one side, there's the entryway to Disneyland right. Park. You look right to the other side, there's the entryway to Disney California, California Adventure, Adventure Park. Right. It is right there. It is so simple to get between those two parks. Right, right. I, I would, in trying to give you some estimate, I would say it's it's almost similar from going for the entry 
of Walt Disney World down Main Street, USA. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's about that distance. Yeah, it's about the distance. Yeah, I'd say it's probably, a, it might be less than that. Right, but yeah, maybe it's from the close. train station to yeah, the castle. Close, or something. Yeah. yeah, it's pretty close. So you may want to, as you're considering your dining reservations, et cetera, would park hopping be a beneficial ticket for you to plan to purchase? And obviously, yes, it comes with a cost, but again, it's depending on what you want to do. Now, if you are only going for a couple days and you want to spend one day at Disneyland Park and one day at California Adventure Park, you can do that. And and we've done that. Uh, We've done that recently. And you you don't need to pay that additional park hopping price. Right. Although I may tell you why you may want to go ahead and and do it. But uh, we'll get to that when we get to tickets here in a little Mm -hmm. bit. Mm -hmm. So, um. So one other thing, and, and this was this is a little thing, but just again, it's the, our goal here is just to have you prepared for what to expect that could feel different so you know about it and you're prepared for it. And, and I really wasn't sure where to put this, but when I mentioned about security is Disneyland security is not quite as streamlined as especially what Walt Disney World has become since the pandemic. Um, so this is, you know, I, I want to use the term old school. You're going through and a security agent ev- is going through everybody's bag individually, every pocket. You have to unzip everything. Um, you know, they do have a lot of stations. They used to have less. Now they have a lot. So you're usually in a line maybe with four or five people in front of you. Um, but just expect that that's what is. You're not going to get to just go through the, the, um, detectors the metal detectors right you have to really have your bag on right just walk through everything is looked at so just to have that aware of and you know and um, uh, the security line can vary depending on like at the most busiest time when people are most likely showing up uh, especially if you get to that side that is coming in from where most of the hotel not the disney hotels but the Mm -hmm. other hotels are that one can get a little long they move fairly briskly More than it'll seem like if you get there on a busy time, it sure. may look like you're going to be there for an hour. Right. It won't be that long, but just know going in that, uh, you know, at certain times a day, it, it, it can get bad. Right. And I, I don't remember in the last few trips ever seeing any more the, um, if you have no bags. Right. So you, everybody goes through the line. Yeah. So just to have, again. They'll wave you through once you see you have right, no bag. Right. But, but yeah, yeah you, have, you, you can't just have a, a side one. So, all right. So kind of now that you have some ideas about planning for your trip, let's get into actually knowing, um, you know, what to expect from, you know, the lay of the land. Yeah. Well, I mean, the biggest thing when you talk about Disneyland, if you're a Walt Disney World fan, Mm -hmm. is that it's the same but different, right? You know, I mean, that's the, always they've been the key, and I feel that that's going to be the also a thing we're going to talk about next week, as well. The, you know, mm-hmm. Disneyland Park. Think of it kind of it's very similar to Magic Kingdom. Mm-hmm. You know, and the, how it's laid out. Right. With there's the, the train station, it's Main Street USA, it's the castle at the hub, right? And then the lands. You know, there's Frontierland, there's Adventureland, there's Tomorrowland, there's Fantasyland. Mm-hmm. Very similar. To Magic Kingdom, however, there are some fair differences right. there. Like, for example, you know, Star Tours. You know how that's in a completely different park. <laughs> right. That is actually in Disneyland Park at Disneyland. It is in Tomorrowland right. um, because of the fact that there are only the two parks. A lot of the attractions that you have to go to different parks for at Walt Disney World. Mm-hmm 
are in one park or the other. Right. You know I mean, they, you, so they'll be in places that you may not be accustomed to. Right, exactly. But they have done a great job in terms of the concept and theming to be able to have them available. But that's what's really great too, is that yes, it's more compact, but mm-hmm. it's got more punch to it. Yeah, as a matter of fact, um, if you go to Disneyland Park, they have so many, they have a, there are way more attractions within Disneyland itself mm-hmm than any other park at Walt Disney, any single park within Walt right. Disney World. Just that they have a lot to choose from, right. uh, depending on what you like, because of the fact that they've had to fit so much in a small, compact size exactly. area. Exactly, exactly. Um, you know, but they wanted to give these people the experience, get the guests the experience that you can get, that you can ride these attractions that they're excited right. about. And there are more to come, like Mickey and Minnie's Runaway Railway is coming to Disneyland right. in the... In, somewhat near future as right well. right yes in toontown so. in toontown yes so um as far as expectations and managing a trip once you've arrived again transportation and parking um if you're staying at one of the disneyland resort hotels mm-hmm. you walk right you, you, it's really easy i mean there is a monorail actually that runs from downtown disney which is one of the places you will walk through mm-hmm. to get to the parks but it's not as convenient as some of the others, you know. But it is another way to get into the park if you don't mind being dropped off in Disneyland in Tomorrowland. You don't need to go through the main gate. Right, right. So the difference here is the monorail um, changed with what construction's needed to go on. So unlike Disney World, where a monorail could actually take you to a park, the monorail, like from a hotel to a park, that's not what the monorails do here. Right. The monorail is just kind of a uh, a shortcut from, yes. you know, like the downtown Disney area into Disneyland. Right. It is a, it's more of an attraction right. than it is a form of transportation. But it can be used as that if you are in downtown Disney or if you want to go to downtown Disney from Tomorrowland right. in Disneyland Park, you can use it that way. Again, if you want to, you know, if your first trip into Disneyland and you want to have... Uh, everything where you go, you know, under the train station and there's Main Street USA and there's the castle at the end. That is not the way you want to go right. in. However, if you've gone a day or two and you've already experienced that and you want a convenient way or, or there's attraction you want to hit up in Tomorrowland or Fantasyland or whatever, something that's kind of more towards the back of the park. Mm-hmm. Um, it's actually a very convenient way to go in. It, they'll, they'll scan your ticket right there before you head onto the right. monorail into the monorail station. You can hop on board there and it'll take you right in. It gives you a really scenic tour of uh, Disneyland Park right. itself. Kind of if you think of when you kind of go through Epcot, if you take the Epcot monorail mm-hmm. and how it kind of does that big sweeping uh, tour around right. uh, Epcot itself. Yes. It's very similar at Disneyland Park. Right. So you kind of get a great view of all that going in. Stop right there in Tomorrowland and you're boom, you're right in the center of stuff. Yeah, and exactly. the same thing if you are in Disneyland and you are have a dining reservation or you're heading back to your Disney hotels mm-hmm. or whatever. Uh, if you want to go ahead and take that monorail uh, to downtown Disney, mm-hmm. you can do that. Now, one thing of note about the monorail is that, especially if you're planning on coming during the summer, uh, the monorail at Disneyland does not have air conditioning, (laughs) okay? So there are times during the year that they will actually shut it down for safety reasons because because it gets too too hot. hot. Yeah, and if if it should stop somewhere, if it should get stuck, doesn't happen very often. But if it did, 
that could be a really dangerous situation for the people involved on there. Right, so exactly. they just will go ahead and just say, sorry, it's not running today. So be prepared for that if it's a very hot day. Right, right. Very, very. It has to be pretty, pretty darn hot, you know, but it, there are times that it gets like that. So. Right. Okay. Um, as far as like uh, the Grand Californian, again, I, as I mentioned earlier, there is an entryway right into Disney California Adventure Park right from there for guests mm -hmm. of that hotel. So you can go ahead and just go right through there. You have your own security right. line, you have your own ticket line, and you go right in to Disney California. It doesn't go for Disneyland. There's no direct entrance into Disneyland. Right. But for Disney California Adventure Park, that's a quick way to get in, and it's really, really convenient. Right. It is really convenient, and they do um, make that as a perk for staying at the hotel. They don't let, like, you can't park at the Grand uh, Californian and walk through. Right. It's really just limited for the uh, resort guests. Yeah, you have to show your key uh, right. to be able to even go through the security and everything to, to go that way. You can exit through that exit and go visit the hotel or whatever, but you can't get back in the park right. that way without being an actual guest at the Grand Californian. So. so, All right. So talking about getting into a park, that's one of the other big differences to be prepared for uh, when going to Disneyland. So they don't have the same system to let you into the gates that they do at Walt Disney World. So you don't have magic bands or, or with your phone or whatever. You can with your phone, but it's a scannable ticket. So when you get to the entrance gate, they will um, manually scan your ticket and look for your picture. And there's where some of the, also some of the things that can come up that you can feel like you're in line forever is because if, it's a new ticket and you don't have a picture, then they need to take your picture. And so one of the things to consider is you might get behind a, a family that everybody in their family just got their tickets and they have to take, you know, five or six pictures there. It can take a little bit longer. So just be, just bring your patience when yeah, you're going always. into the entrance is just understand at Disneyland, the technology that they use is great, but it is not as efficient as what they have currently at Walt Disney World. Right. Uh, it will take a little longer, but you know, again, like Michelle, and this is true of every park you go to, every time you have a Disney trip, it's always best to bring your patience because it's just not worth getting worked up for about a lot of these things. You're on vacation. Right. Take it as, oh, you know, darn, we had a bump in the road. It's too bad. But, you know, take it as easy as possible. You'll ha you'll enjoy your vacation much more yes. than if you focus on, oh, I can't believe I was in that line for that long right, to right. just get through the gate or exactly. whatever. So, exactly. Yeah. So, but, so we're going to first start with, let's, we're going to focus on Disneyland Park right now, which as Tom already mentioned, is similar to Magic Kingdom on steroids. But anyway, so <laughs> once you're first inside Disneyland Park, you're going to right away have available to you a gem that a lot of people who have only gone to Walt Disney World take for granted and is not as available. And that is the Main Street vehicles. Um, they are running till like mid afternoon at Disneyland Park. And I know they're hokey in some regards, but it is something really unique. It is something from the original that has some history. And, you know, it, it gives you a better experience to have some of this classic Disneyland 
ambiance from when you first come in. So it's a short path. Believe me, it's really short, um, but it is surprisingly in, enjoyable. And now you will miss some of the great tributes that are on the windows of all the shops. So on your way out, you'll want to make sure you're capturing that. Or if you walk in, take that in first and take the, the vehicles on your way out. But um, really take up that opportunity because that is something that really is very neat that is available throughout the day. Yeah, uh, it's it's a lot of fun and it's actually not taken advantage of enough, in my opinion. Right. Um, you, you, sometimes you'll get some of the cars or whatever where they're not as many people on there that it may just be you and the driver and you can get in some interesting conversations right. with the driver. They have a lot of history. They know they have a lot of knowledge about the route. They're interesting people. Right. And it, it could be a, a very, really fun little drive down uh, main street USA with uh, some of these uh, cast members. Exactly. So now here's where one of the biggest visual preps you need to have when you go to Disneyland from Walt Disney World. And that is Cinderella's castle is so beautiful and big. This castle is not that, as Tom already mentioned a little bit. So just It's be, beautiful. It it's is, not big. It is. It is it is beautiful and it's not big. I think the other thing that uh, Walt Disney World has in terms of showcasing the castle is it is elevated. And this is not. It's not elevated. It's pretty fl- straightforward flat from Main Street USA. So all these things, you just, if you go in knowing this is a a small castle, but then take a look at some of the great things about this castle that make it so unique, not to mention that it was the first one, but um, you know, and they, and they have done over the last few years, some really great things to put some dynamic regal colors to it. Or, you know, during the holidays, they put snow cap tops, kind of gives it a little bit more height to it, height to it as well. So when you're looking at the castle and just know that it's more historical, you appreciate that part of it. It's, you know, versus the, the grandeur that you might see at the other castle. Yeah, I mean, that's the thing. It, it was the original castle. Right. It was the the basis of it all, the idea that Walt had, that we needed this thing at the end of Main Street USA right. to draw everybody's attention, to draw them to where the action is. Right. And of course, if you look at, yes, Cinderella Castle at Walt Disney World, mm-hmm. much bigger, beautiful castle. Um, you look at the other Sleeping Beauty Castle at uh, Disneyland Paris, gorgeous castle, and some of the ma- other ones around the country, big, giant, right. beautiful castles. This was the original. They wouldn't exist without this one to begin with. That's true. That's true. So another thing to bring up here in terms of major differences, and and I bring it up because you know, the castle is one of the locations where one would watch fireworks. It's one of several locations. But anyways, um, now, again, when we're talking about how close in proximity Disneyland Resort is to the city, that holds true with the issues related to the fireworks. And so weather can play an important factor on whether fireworks go off or not, because safety first right and and it is an area that when there are high winds and it's a very dry season uh shooting off fireworks could be a real detriment <laughs> so yeah um and we we've experienced that too where and and they do try their best and they do work with the local fire department um we've been w- strategically located to watch fireworks and waited and then they would do announcements that hey we're trying to see if in the next 15 20 minutes 
will the the wind subside enough? That's what the predictions say. And, you know, you, and you, you can decide whether you want to wait or not. Um, so that, that is a factor. So that you're not guaranteed fireworks every day. The other element of fireworks is they are not scheduled every day. Uh, they are, unless it's really in really peak times they are, but otherwise they are more of a weekend experience. But they will often have a projection type show right. that is the same show just without the fireworks, but you know, it plays music. It has projections up and down Main Street USA and on the castle and some other locations throughout the park that you can still kind of have some sort of semi nighttime spectacular it may not be the full uh, thing, the full blown show right. that you can expect, but it still is something that they can do. Also, when there are these high winds, you know, you may not get the fireworks, right. but you can get this other part of the show. Exactly. So again, it's just our goal here is uh, is to know what to expect so that you can appreciate what you have and not end up with any kind of a disappointment. Exactly. So um, the next thing I thought we'd talk about a little bit is about park tickets and reservations. Yeah. So I guess it's most important is that you kind of know we talked a little bit earlier about park hopping and you know whether you want to do it or not. And I guess the main portion of this is how long are you going to be staying? Right. Are you going to be going for one day? You just want to visit one day. What is your goal for that one day? Do you want to see everything Disneyland has to offer? Do you just want to see Disneyland Park? Mm -hmm. Do you just want to experience Disney California Adventure Park because you've done Disneyland in the past? Right. Whatever. That's the That's one of the deciding factors. The other is obviously price. Mm -hmm. Prices did just go up for Disneyland tickets. They're already pretty high. They're even higher uh, coming up very, very soon. So um, I just want to go through these just so you have an idea. Now, things are different now than they used to be. It used to be just they just have ticket prices. They were good. Whatever the ticket price is, you used them. Now they have a different kind of a tier-based mm -hmm. uh, version of tickets that are good for certain days, depending on which tier you get. So obviously the higher priced ones are available for you on more days. The higher priced ones are available for you on holidays, right. for weekends, the more common times when people will be going. Right. If you're going midweek, you might be able to get away with a lower priced right. one. You'll always want to go to the website and check out for what days you're thinking on going and figure it out. And maybe you want to alter your trip slightly based on price mm -hmm. of tickets or just know going in that this is available for you. Also, just like at Walt Disney World Resort, there is a park reservation situation right. going on at Disneyland as well. You will also need to do that. And you'll need also need to find out if they are available for you now. Um, they are available quite often for people buying tickets. If you have a magic key, a little bit more difficult right. because they're trying to wait and see. They want to leave it open. They don't want just all the people with magic keys coming in and then people who buy tickets can't get into right. the parks. Right. They're trying to kind of balance it out between the two things. So just know that going in. Now, here are the ticket prices based on the tiers. Now, again, the lower tiers, the lower price tickets are going to be a little tougher. They're going to be fewer days that you're going to have to pick from. So just know that going in. So they have six tiers coming now. It used to be five. They have a sixth tier uh, about to debut. And those tiers can range for the lowest price, $104 uh, for a single park, single day ticket. Mm -hmm. 
two, the tier six coming up here, which will be $164. That's for a single park, single day ticket. Those are going to be the super busiest days. Um, When I was last checking, they didn't have any of those. Uh, Tier five was the highest that I saw, which was $159. Still pretty high, uh, but just know that going in. Now, if you more want to park hop, like we've talked about before, and you just want to do a single day and hit up both parks, it is very easy. You can do that. Mm -hmm. It's really easy to walk between the parks as long as there are reservations available that allow you to park hop. Uh, But those prices are about $60 per ticket Mm -hmm. higher Mm -hmm. in price. So know that going in, the the tier that's only available for a few days, the tier one, $164. The highest tier, the tier six, $224 for a single day for park hoppers. Again, tier five was the highest I saw, Mm -hmm. uh, $219 for that one. Now, here's... So I, if you're just going for a single day, unless you really, really want to park hop, right. I, I may want to pick and choose one. Right. You know, just right. Like, I'm just going to do Disneyland because I want to be there for the history right. and I want to see Walt's original park. I want to go and see wave up to Walt's apartment, right. uh, which is his actual apartment sure. is there. Um, I want to see all the history that is involved, or I got to see the cars land. I got to see the, all the new stuff. That's right. at Disney California adventure park. Uh, then that's my one. I've been to Disneyland. I want to see this park that I haven't experienced before do that. But here's where you can get some value in this. And this is very similar in many ways to what Walt Disney world does. When you get more days, the prices become much more manageable. Um, And unlike Walt Disney World, where that kind of changes based on tier, you know, how busy it is, the time of year, whatever, this price stays the same. Mm -hmm. There is no tier factor involved here. It is just however many days you buy. And these are also all park hopper tickets. So you have that advantage going Mm -hmm. in right now. So I'm going to go through these just for a, uh, on a day-by-day basis. Like if you're coming out and you want to go to the parks for two days, well, for two days, it's $255 for an adult. That's park hoppers for two days, no tiers. So it's good for any of those right. days as long as there are park reservations available. That's $127.50 per day. Yeah, it's pretty good. Not bad. Considering, yeah. Three days is $330. That's $110 per day. Four days, $360. That's $90 per day. And if you want to go ahead and do five days, that is only $380 per, or excuse me, for the whole thing, uh, $76 per day. So it becomes much more valuable. You You have much better price options if you decide to do some of these multi-day tickets. Right, exactly. So yeah, very beneficial that way. And uh, child prices for those tickets are about $20 per less per. So just so you know that going in, if you're bringing children with you. And uh, so, I mean, decide what's best for you. Um, But I think, you know, if you're making the planning to go the trips out here, you know, flying cross country, whatever it is, going for to Disneyland, it's best to do a couple days at right. least, and then you can park hop to your contentment and just enjoy the whole thing. Again, don't have to worry about, is it a weekend day? Is right. it a weekday? Is it a holiday? Whatever, more than just what the park reservations allow. Right, exactly. So, you know, I think just if you've never been before, probably a three-day is a, is a safe bet that you could do one day in each park and then have your third day as a park hopper to get 
go to do a little bit of both. Right. I agree. I think three days is really good. I think you can knock out pretty much everything you want within three days. And if you want to go and explore some of the other you know, locations, mm-hmm. if you want to make a full week of it and explore some of the other uh, different interesting right. locations in and around Southern California, that gives you that option as well. Now, exactly. uh, one other thing, just like at Walt Disney World just debuted, well, it's coming soon. We don't know the exactly the date, but it's happening is Genie Plus, Uh Genie and Genie Plus. Now, unlike Walt Disney World, where it is $15 per day, for Disneyland, it's going to be $20 per day for Genie Plus. But you get some cool things added for that if you want to do it. It is, of course, a way to book quick access to some of these attractions straight from your phone without having to wait into these queues, okay? That is one thing. But one thing you also get with Genie Plus at Disneyland that you do not get at Walt Disney World is when you do it, you also get PhotoPass pictures involved. So you may want to, even if you decide not to do it just for the attractions, but you want to take a lot of pictures, maybe one of you in the group does it just because $20 is not bad to get all the photo options out of this um, as a possibility. Uh, and you can the also good thing about it is you can decide when you go in if it's right for you. You do not need to purchase in advance. You can do that if you want. If you decide I'm going to want Genie Plus every single day, right. you can purchase in advance. But if you don't want to, you can kind of just feel it out on a day-by-day basis. What does it seem like? Is it really busy at the parks and I want to get on a lot of attractions? Then maybe I go ahead and buy it for that day. Or is it, you know, I'm kind of going for the food and drink and just soak in the atmosphere. Then maybe you don't need it for that day. You don't have to buy it in advance. Um, Make the decision that morning or even while you're in the park, you can purchase it right from your phone. That's right. Then that'll be so convenient. And I think people who have been at Disneyland have kind of experienced something similar with the Max Pass. But uh, again, our goal here is just to help you plan a trip to Disneyland if you haven't done that before or haven't done it very frequently. So um, thank you. Good rundown of all the tickets and everything. What else you got there? All right. So in terms of our goal here to help you... What one of the things we would also suggest is what is your goal as well? So is your goal to do attraction heavy because you have that available in each of the parks? Like Tom mentioned that there are so many in this smaller space. Or do you want to just really appreciate the history behind this? And one of the um, things that I, I would love to suggest to you, and, and part of a trip is joy comes from planning and the journey that brings. So um, there are obviously books out there but Disney Plus has some great things that you could look at in, in planning your vacation out here. And they actually packed it kind of conveniently that they do have a um, Disney Parks category that you can go and see all the shows that they have listed that relate to the parks. And so some of the ones that we would recommend, um, we've talked about in the past here, is, you know, like the Imagineering story, Behind the Attractions, um, and even some of the historical shows from the 1960s that, you know, some that had Walt in it. Um, but, you know, it's just a really great way to know, help, again, know with what to expect, what's out there and kind of the whys. So um, it really helps you plan that. And again, want to don't get caught up in the fact that it is a small space, but appreciate the fact that the small space contains so much in them. Yeah. I mean, unlike Walt Disney World, when you walk down Main Street USA at Disneyland, 
Walt actually walked down right. Main Street USA at Disneyland. He never did that at Walt Disney World. He right. walked around the grounds before anything was even built. Right. But as far as actually, you know, in this park, he was there. Right. And if you're riding on Peter Pan's flight or It's a Small World, Walt rode those. Right. All right. So... What else do we want to talk about here about attractions? Well, let's talk a little bit about the differences uh, that uh, Disneyland has and Disney California Adventure Park has from Walt Disney World, you know, because mm -hmm. th there are some attraction differences. Yes, there are a lot of the same attractions mm -hmm. you will find there. They may be a little different versions of them, like the Haunted Mansion is a little different at Disneyland. Mm -hmm. Pirates of the Caribbean is a lot different. I mean, it's similar, but right. it's a lot different and better, in my opinion, at Disneyland right. than it is at Walt Disney World at Magic Kingdom Park. Mm -hmm. Uh, so you'll want to know those. But also, there are some attractions that you can't find currently. Mm -hmm. Maybe you used to be able to find them, but <laughs> you can't find them currently at Walt Disney World. You hear me, Mr. Toad's Wild Ride? <laughs> yes. If you loved that attraction at Magic Kingdom right. and are sad that it's no longer there, well, it is at Disneyland, so exactly. you can go and enjoy that attraction again. Uh, there are some other th attractions that are great that you may love. Snow White's Enchanted Wish. It was... Uh, what was it? Snow White's Scary, Scary Adventure, Adventure mm -hmm. before. Uh, they've kind of spruced it up recently and made it more of a positive, not right. quite a scary attraction, but we think it's better, don't oh, you? Oh, yeah, I love it. Love the technology too yeah. and the storytelling. So um, that you'll want to check out definitely if you get a chance to go to Disneyland. Of course, there is Walt's and Disney's original mountain the matterhorn right. bobsled you gotta <laughs> do that i mean there wouldn't be we talked about there'd be no castles if sleeping beauty castle didn't exist who knows if there would be other mountains right if the matterhorn didn't right. exist welcome to the himalayas yes absolutely <laughs> uh the alice in wonderland attraction just that kind of little area that alice in wonderland area where they have mm -hmm. uh the teacups there right and then that attraction and a lot of times you'll see the mad hatter or alice right. uh in walking around those areas uh it's kind of this little small compact area that is kind of immersive within right you know alice in wonderland but that attraction is a, is a favorite as well right, that you don't right. get to experience exactly at walt disney world there's toontown which is a great spot for the kids right um it's got kind of a place where they can go and interact and uh, have a lot of just different fun uh, things to do. Right. And you, while you can kind of take a load off and let them run them crazy for right, a while, exactly. which is always good. <laughs> um, Toontown's great. And that's soon where Mickey and Minnie's Runaway Railway will be going right. as well. Exactly. So what else do we have, Michelle? Well, you can actually still take part in Davy Crockett's Explore Canoe Ride at Disneyland Resort. So you can actually board a canoe and they have that go running again um even now post pandemic that that's back up and, and going so that's pretty fun now the autopia which is a similar concept to uh tomorrowland speedway at walt disney world but it does have a longer track more interesting elements to it a little bit Much. more yeah it's just it's really cute they, i i i think if you've just been to tomorrowland speedway you you, you don't know what you're missing here. Um, but the other really cool thing is the monorail, which, you know, as Tom mentioned, it kind of loops through Disney World, excuse me, Disneyland Park, does go right overhead of that track for the Autopia. And as it does that, it honks its horn for all the people riding in the cars. So it's just, it's just, I know it sounds a little hokey, but when you're doing it, it's really cool. It's really cute. Um, uh, we've talked about in, 
already the haunted mansion how that changes during the holidays it has an amazing overlaid so does small world at disneyland it has a beautiful um christmas holiday theme to it as well now the other thing i think seems from going to both parks and i may be wrong but dole whips are king here at disneyland i mean they are mega popular they've grown in popularity at at walt disney world right they are they were really big here for sure right i mean i you know at at disneyland here they there's a a line a single line cube there's also an area for mobile ordering and it's amazing that both of those lines can be packed Mm -hmm. all the time pretty much so um it's just kind of cool to see it now they also don't have as many table service areas at Disneyland that you would see at Walt Disney World. It really is predominantly quick serve. But the types of food that they have is really elevated, you know, and and that's important to know, especially since, you know, you only have the 60 day booking window. Um, Those table service places get filled up pretty quickly. And, you know, you can keep trying, but let's say you can't get to them don't despair that they have some really cool quick service menu ideas like they have jambalaya mm-hmm. you know here or grilled cheese sandwich with tomato basil soup um, that you can also get a safari skewer which is bacon wrapped asparagus mm. you know so um, you know personally I think they do have some also more interesting of in their plant-based offerings at Disneyland so um, at uh, Ronto Roasters, they have a Rontalis Garden Wrap, and I know they have a, a, a plant-based version of a Ronto Wrap at Disney World, but this one actually has a plant-based sausage, which makes it nice because it can go for either it's better. breakfast yeah, <laughs> breakfast or lunch and dinner. Um, it's, it's more of a food option rather than just a salad in a, in a um wrap and the other thing that i know we've mentioned before that we really love is um the enchanted cauliflower sandwich at red rose tavern and it's just really cool how they they can make that like a almost like a steak thickness and just have great um complements of their uh spicy aola on there so um you know it's it's less table service but really great interesting foods despite that you know and the other thing though to be very cognizant of is alcohol is very sparse in disneyland at disney california adventure park that's a different thing but at disneyland park um not many places have alcohol so you can't expect to get a boozy blue milk unless you go to olga's cantina but you know it's still a great place that has awesome food offerings right there's only three places in disneyland park where right now currently that you can get an alcoholic beverage one is Oga's cantina as you mentioned right the other and it just recently started doing this is the blue bayou restaurant tough to get a reservation for that one but if you go in there you can the other place it's really really tough to get a reservation for that's because it's club 33 right that's the only places right now in disneyland park that they serve alcohol we'll see if that changes eventually now that they've added the blue bayou but as of right now those are the only places now you mentioned oga's cantina (laughs) that is something interesting because uh, that's another difference between disneyland and walt disney world is this you of course they both have star wars galaxy's Mm -hmm. edge 
however, it is in a much different location at Disneyland than it is at Walt Disney mm-hmm. World. Uh, you might expect that it would be a Disney California Adventure Park. It is not. It is actually located within Disneyland, right. mostly because that's where they had the space to right. put it. They don't have a lot of space, so they had to figure out the best place for it. They found out a great place for it at Disneyland. And um, I, I love it there. I, mm-hmm. I love Disneyland's version of Star Wars Galaxy's Edge. But for the most part, outside of it has one more entryway to get into galaxy's Mm -hmm. edge it is mostly the same as what you experience when you go to disney's hollywood studios at walt disney world right right so that's the difference i mean unlike what we're saying in terms of scale of things being smaller like the the castle being smaller and the you know things like that that's not the case at galaxy's edge Mm -hmm. you know when you're at betu you're at betu and it's the same yeah there are some slight differences but it's mostly the same it's not the scaling right definitely not definitely not so and they do have these same attractions millennium falcon smugglers run rise of the resistance Mm -hmm. they do have the same restaurants everything it's it's mostly identical Mm -hmm. now speaking of rise of the resistance as of we are recording this again this is october 31st (laughs) 2021 this may change but as of right now at disneyland park they still have the virtual queue again they don't have that at walt disney world anymore at least for right at this moment um so you will still need to access that if you want to ride on rise of the resistance during the day and just like it was when uh, they had it open at disney's hollywood studios uh the first chance you get to do that is at 7 a.m Uh, no matter where you are, you just have to have a park reservation for that day for your entire group that's doing it, and you will right. you will go on and, and take that chance. Now, another uh, the difference is, however, at Disney's Hollywood Studios, when they wanted to do the second uh, chance to get a boarding group in the afternoon, that was at 1 p.m. Right. at Disney's Hollywood Studios. It is at noon at Disneyland right. Park, so it's a little earlier for you to get that opportunity right. to do so. So just know that going in. So. Um, are there any other differences uh, that you can think of, sweetheart? Um, I, not that I can think of. I mean, I think we've covered everything for Disneyland Park that are, you know, the the main elements of it. And thought this might be a good segue into California Adventure Park. Sure. Well, let's get to Disney California Adventure Park. Yeah. Yes, we love Disney yes. California Adventure Park. Uh, and if, if you think about Disney California Adventure Park, again, it's right in the name. Uh, when they thought about it, they wanted it to be kind of about California. Right. And it's changed a lot over the years because it, one, it needed to. Right. Um, they It wasn't quite as bright and vibrant as they really wanted it right. to be to begin with. It was a little dull. Right. Yeah. Fair. It wasn't as exciting. Like I mentioned that the Imagineers were kind of curtailed on what they right. were able to create. But they still have a lot of that influence there. You go down the street, you're still supposed to be dropped right in the middle of right. Hollywood. Mm-hmm. Um, it will kind of remind you a little bit, at least to begin with, when you go in of Disney's Hollywood Studios, mm-hmm. when you kind of go down that first walkway there. It's right. Somewhat similar, different. Right. Same, but different. Right. Like I said. So um, they do have various different lands there that are really interesting. Cars Land. Great. Right. Um, they do have Hollywood Land. They have uh, Grizzly Flats, I think mm-hmm. is what it's called, or Grizzly Peak. Grizzly um, Peak, yeah. Yeah. Grizzly Peak uh, area there. Condor Flats is what it used to be. Grizzly right. Peak uh, there. Uh, and then they have Pixar Pier, uh, you know, various different areas that really don't affect you the way they do with Fantasyland, right. Tomorrowland, or whatever, but just know they exist when you go out there. As far as different attractions, 
they have some very interesting ones that you will only find at Disney California right. Adventure Park, including the Incredicoaster, right. <laughs> which is kind of an old school, like wooden type right. roller coaster that you would find on some of the classic right. seafronts. So it's out there on Pixar Pier, obviously the Incredibles, the Incredicoaster. Right. It's a really, it is a great ride. I, I think you would really enjoy it. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it is interesting how they've converted that area to keep the theming of California, but now with Pixar and where Pixar Studios is and, and incorporating those you know, beloved films in, in the theming of that area. Right. Yeah. It's it. it they, I think they've done, I know it's some people are eh, whatever with that area. Mm -hmm. I think what they've done with it is really, really right, good. Right. I really enjoy it. Uh, they have the Pixar pal around, which is if you've seen the shots of the giant Ferris wheel with right. Mickey mouse on there, that is the Pixar <laughs> pal around. Uh, you can choose when you go on that one. Do you want to do the stationary car? Yes. Or do you want to do the one that swings like crazy? No. This is for us. Um, but there's a lot of people that love that. It kind of gives you a little extra thrill there. Right. But it does give you great views of the parks and around as you're, as you're going up. It right. Yes. It, it's enormous. So. Yeah. It is a fun attraction. Now, uh, World of Color, currently not going on. That is their nighttime spectacular. That is truly spectacular when it's happening. Um, it is not going on as of we are recording this right now. However, they are, they, they do appear, they drained the lake recently. They do right. appear to be working on it. So hopefully somewhere in early 2022, we'll start to get to see that coming on again. So you might be able to make plans for that in the future, but just as of right now, it is not going on. Right, right. Uh, what else is there at California Adventure Park, honey? Well, something, I mean, we've talked about in several episodes and that's Cars Land and the immersive feel of Cars Land. And, you know, I know that if you've been to Toy Story Land, you feel like, hey, you're in like a miniaturized area of all these toys and everything. But Cars Land really is a totally different feel. You feel like you're right on the set. And I know we've said that before, so I don't want to, you know, expand on that too much more. You know, just the overall unique feeling of Disney California Adventure is very different. The the closest thing to compare it to really is Epcot in the sense of a feeling, but it's really not Epcot. You're, but instead of exploring countries, you're exploring the state of California and some of the things that it has to offer. And obviously wine country and Hollywood are some of the major industries within the state that they are, you know, emphasizing and highlighting. So whether that be in terms of attractions or restaurants and foods, things like that, that's what you're getting when you're at uh, California Adventure Park. But there is also another area that is way more out of this world kind of place. Wouldn't, yes. Wouldn't you say? I would say, and it's maybe our new favorite land that right. we've enjoyed very much recently. I know it's Michelle really love loves it. it. Oh my God. I love it too. Yes. Just recently opened Avengers Campus. We, you saw back a while back, right. we were there on opening day and how much fun uh, we had that, that day. Uh, Avengers Campus is spectacular. I know there's some people who have sold it a little short, but I think once you really get to experience it, especially as a Marvel fan, mm -hmm. if you are a Marvel fan, uh, you can really get a kick out right. of it because there are some really cool things that go on at Avengers Campus. And we'll just start with it. They have two attractions there. One that's been around for a while now, but now is kind of fully incorporated mm -hmm. now that they have this area open. That is Guardians of the Galaxy Mission Breakout. It kind of 
was this kind of one-off for a while there right. until they eventually opened this land. Now it fits fully within this area right. because of that fact. Um, and if you, you know, uh, the Twilight Zone Tower of Terror, it's a revamped version right. of that. It's the elevator up and down type right. ride, you know, but with a storyline based on Guardians of right. the Galaxy. So it fits right in with Marvel. Uh, the other attraction is Web Slingers, which we both oh, agree is, is super fun and great for people of all ages. Oh my gosh, yes. And you know, when we first heard it was going to be an attraction um, comparable to um, Midway Mania, I thought, oh, that's good. That'll be fun having another one of those. But this is so much more than that. You know, I'm thinking I'm going to be pulling, you know, some kind of a string or something like that. No, it's a full body experience. You just like it because you beat me regularly. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah it's a lot of fun it's based on spider-man of course with web slingers that you might expect mm -hmm. and uh, you know tom holland does right. re, uh, reprise his role as exactly. peter parker right, slash right. Uh, our friendly neighborhood spider-man within it but it's a, it is a lot of fun right and it is yes a whole body workout for sure <laughs> uh when you do it but so if you're going to do web slingers just know just like with rise of the resistance mm -hmm. as if we're recording this again october 31st 2021 <laughs> it is still a virtual queue and the same rules apply to that as apply to rise of the resistance right. 7 a.m for the first one noon for the second one um take your chances at it but it is a lot of fun and we would highly recommend it now uh, yeah there are also some great shows there to check out throughout the day at avengers campus the doctor strange mysteries of the mystic arts where he comes out and this was one you're going to want to line up ahead of time for right. because we still haven't gotten into that yeah. one yet but <laughs> uh, eventually we plan to uh warriors of wakanda the uh this disciplines of the Dora Milaje right. where they kind of come out. A lot of these just kind of take almost, it seems like they're almost spontaneous. Right. They're not, they're timed out, they're planned, right. uh, but they just kind of show up in the middle of everybody and right. they do these things. Uh, this one is the Dora Milaje kind of go out and they lead you through uh, some drills to become a member of the Dora Milaje, right. what it's like to be a member of the Dora Milaje. Um, Avengers Assemble takes place on the building there. You've, you've seen the pictures where the Quinjet is right. and stuff. They, they have a kind of a little show that goes on there. Uh, Guardians of the Galaxy, awesome dance off, of course, <laughs> by Mission Breakout, which right. is a lot of fun and kind of funny. And the, the one that will really take your breath away is the Amazing Spider-Man show. That's the one that has that amazing audio animatronic right. that flies through the air. Yes. If you get the chance, you're going to want to check that one out because it's short show, right? It's very but short. it's pretty amazing when it right. happens. Right. You know, so. Yeah. And um, the shows are all listed, you know, on the app for their times and uh, you'll want to get there for, for some of the, like for the Spider-Man and for the Dr. Strange, as we said, you know, you'll want to get there early to get a good spot. Um, but the thing that's also kind of cool about their shows is they are, some of them are more interactive, you know? So like whether you're talking about the Warriors of Wakanda or the Guardians of the Galaxy, awesome dance off, they do try to get the audience to participate in that you know and it's as much or as little as you want but it's kind of nice that they do have some shows that are actually more interactive right it, it very much is and even more importantly is that apart from these shows when you're there it's rare that you can walk through avengers campus and not see one of the characters right. around somewhere somewhere on a building you know on a stand here, right. you know, just, you know, talking with people or whatever. Right. They are around all the time and it is a living, breathing area. And the fact that it is constantly evolving, the characters are constantly right. changing 
based on what television show, right. what movie came out. There are new characters. Like we were out there and Shang-Chi was out right. there for yes. the first time uh, when we were out there recently. As the mo- I would imagine when the Eternals drops this next week right. that we're going to start seeing sure. the, some of the Eternals characters out there. We saw for the Oogie Boogie Bash that they had zombie Captain right. America out there. <laughs> it is great that they are able to just drop these things in. And when you show up, you don't know what you're going to see right. always. It's not the same old thing necessarily every time you show up right exactly you know and you know there there's times too that i think like you're saying there's characters that you may see from afar on a building like you might see black widow up on top of a building kind of like she's you know keeping guard or whatever or you might see loki start walking past the crowd uh, you know and you know, Iron Man, of course, I think we posted pictures and, you know, how we got to really talk with him and things. So it's just like you said, it's a living, breathing thing. It's it's um, much more involved. It's not one that has a lot of rides, obviously, but it, it does have entertainment in different formats. Yeah, I think that's our favorite thing about it is, right. the, is the character interactions because the Marvel character interactions are some of the best you'll find right. anywhere in any of the parks. Right. And exactly. the fact that there are a lot of times roaming nearby uh, as you're walking through Avengers Campus. Right. I mean, it's right. not like, you know, you have to queue up for them necessarily. Some you do. Right. But there's a lot of them that they'll just kind of be out and about and right. you'll just see them. I mean, they're they're right now with the pandemic and everything, they're still trying to keep a safe distance, but you can actually talk with them. They're right there and right. walk up to them and talk and they'll interact right back with you. Sure. And they right are there as you would expect them to be. Right. And they're great. Yeah, exactly. So, And there's also great food there. Mm-hmm. I, Pim's Test Kitchen, tasty food in interesting sizes, right. as you would expect <laughs> using the, uh, the, the Pim's Pim particles. particles. Yes. Uh, Pim's Tasting Lab, which is a micro brewery, <laughs> if you get the joke. And of course, there's the shawarma. You gotta have the shawarma. Yes. So, uh, it's, it's just a great spot. Highly recommend it. Uh, especially since... Marvel interaction at Walt Disney World is really limited right. in what they can do. Yes, we have the Guardians of the Galaxy coaster coming right. here sometime in 2022. Mm-hmm. But because of the fact that there are some conflicts with Universal as far as what Marvel can do in the vicinity, right. you, you can't do that much at Walt Disney. This is one of the things that you can only really embrace right. at Disneyland Park and Disney California Adventure Park specifically um, that you really, really, if you're a Marvel fan, you will want to check right. it out. Right, exactly. Can't so. emphasize that enough. So I think we looked at pretty much everything. I couldn't imagine in how long we've had this episode. <laughs> we didn't touch on most everything at Disneyland Right, Park. right. You know, um, you know, one other little element, downtown Disney is very close and within the security bubble of the parks as well. So, um, you know, when we mentioned that it, you know, there may not be as much table service at Disneyland Resort, here's some options that that they would have there at uh, downtown Disney. It's not nearly the size of Disney Springs. It's more just like an arm to the parks, Um, you know, and and sometimes they'll have some entertainers out there. It's not like a substitute for the parks, but just something, you know, that you can have available to you. But, you know, if you did want to go to have some uh, table service because you couldn't get it anywhere else. At least, you know, it's very close, easy to walk through just as the, the park hopper is. So it's also a great place. Like if say you're 
staying nearby Disneyland, mm-hmm. but you're not, maybe you're, you are going to take advantage of some of the other things that Southern California has to offer and you're going and visiting someplace else, a different park, a different landmark, whatever it is, right. you want to come back and still get a little piece of Disney, you're staying nearby, you can go through security and go to downtown Disney and there is, like you said, good food there, right. uh, but there is some you know Disney touches around everywhere, Disney shops, shops Disney yeah. uh, confectioners, right. all sorts of things that you can still get that piece without having to pay a ticket right. price for Exactly. You just walk, go through security, walk in and soak it all in and then That's go right. back to your hotel nearby. Right. Exactly. So, yeah, I mean, t- so to wrap up, I mean, more than ever before, it's totally worth doing a trip at Disneyland, even if you've only been to Walt Disney World. Uh, it won't be the same immersive vacation that you could experience at Walt Disney World. Um, but it's also one that you don't need to stay for as long either. So and we touched on the fact that, you know, if you just wanted to do a few days at Disneyland Resort, taking in both parks, uh, and then for the rest of your vacation, you would have the opportunity in the area to visit um, Hollywood and how that influenced the Disney Studios and Disneyland Parked becoming what they are today so um you know just just different approaches yeah but. absolutely um and if you have any questions for us obviously we i don't know if we're disneyland experts but we go to disneyland quite often right. and we know disneyland pretty well um, we'd be happy to help you out please hit us up at our gmail account mm-hmm. hit us up on social media however you want to do it we are happy to answer any questions you might have exactly so, so. So that's it for this week. Next week, we're going to reverse this. We're Mm -hmm. going to Walt Disney World for the Disneyland fans because that's uh, very interesting. But this was our look at Disneyland for the Walt Disney World. Not shocking. We went long talking yes. about Disneyland. We love <laughs> Disneyland. Let's quickly get to our Disney stories of the week. And I'm going to start with, luckily, there's a couple of them, so it won't take me very long to get through this, <laughs> I don't think. Uh, we're going to start with, we learned a lot more about the exciting new rotational dining rooms that will be available for you aboard the Disney Wish when it debuts mm-hmm. next year. This actually came from D23.com that dropped this out there, which was really interesting. They say... Any guest who has ever enjoyed a Disney Cruise Line voyage knows one of the hallmarks is the rotational dining experience. Over the course of the journey, guests feast in each of the ship's signature dining rooms that have stunning design, impeccable service, and of course, exquisite cuisine. They said, we are proud to present a boatload, or rather shipload, (laughs) of tasty morsels about the ship's all-new restaurants. So they broke them down. They went through the three rotational dining Mm -hmm. restaurants, and there were some interesting facts that came out here about these. Right. Well, I mean, first of all, the fact that they're different dining locations and what they have on their current ships is pretty cool. Yeah, I like it. So we'll start with the one I think Michelle is looking forward to the most, and that is 1923. Is that the name of this dining room? And they said... As D23 members know, 1923 was the year Walt Disney moved to Southern California to be with his brother Roy and the two founded what is now the Walt Disney Company. Located just off the grand hall of the ship, this dining space uniquely features two distinct rooms, which I think is really cool. One named for Walt Disney, the other named for Roy O. Disney. Mm-hmm. I love that because yes. that's kind of like what they do with the Royal Suites. There's right. one name for Walt, one name exactly. for Roy. I'm glad that they're going to have dining rooms. So, I mean, because, I mean, how many people get to do the Royal Suites? Right. 
now you kind of get that feel of like, oh, I want to be in the Walt dining right. room or I want to be in the Roy dining room. Sure. I love that uh, option. So. Yeah. And it's, it's definitely giving honor to both brothers. Right. For sure. Uh, who both had huge roles. Right. I, I mean, Roy, I don't think Roy gets some sort of accolades mm-hmm. for what he's done, but I don't think he gets nearly as much as he deserves right, for right. what it has become of this company and definitely what has become of Walt Disney World, you know, because he took over for Walt after he passed right, and, right. and led the way. But let's move on okay. with this story here. So they went on to say the, the lavishly appointed spaces will be adorned with nearly 800 pieces of artwork, 50 character maquettes, and 24 multi-plane camera cell setup celebrating Disney animated classics. All those incredible drawings, props, and more illustrate the evolution of Disney animation, uh, what is now the Walt Disney Company. So that I'm, I'm so much yes. involved in history in this, right. and that is going to be so cool to experience when you go in there and see all these things on the walls, right. and the shelves, wherever they may be located throughout. Uh, they have 16 beloved animated films that will be represented in the space, including Snow White and the Seven Dwarfs, Pinocchio, Fantasia, Bambi, Cinderella, Alice in Wonderland, Peter Pan, Sleeping Beauty, The Sword in the Stone, The Little Mermaid, Beauty and the Beast, The Princess and the Frog, Tangled, Frozen, Moana, and Frozen 2. So kind of a little bit of animation, Disney animation right. for everybody. What you like? Do you like the classics? Do you like somewhere in the middle, you know, the Renaissance? Or do you like the new stuff? It's all there for you. Right, right. Sweet. Yeah. And the sumptuous menu will be a tribute to the company's roots in the Golden State featuring California cuisine that is a rich fusion of Asian, European, and South American flavors, including a savory porcini spiced ahi tuna appetizer and fennel. Mm. Bartlett pear and tatsoi salad accented with manchego cheese, walnuts, and a sherry dressing. I'm already hungry. Yeah. That sounds, both sound delicious. That sounds awesome. Yes. <laughs> now to the dining room that will probably be my favorite because <laughs> as we all know, hashtag real men love frozen, Arendale of frozen dining adventure. And this is only on the Disney wish. They say, will guests be invited to attend Queen Anna and Kristoff's royal engagement party (laughs) in a new tale that picks up just after the events of Frozen 2? Of course, Elsa and Olaf, who will go table to table visiting guests, will be there for the festivities, along with a troupe of local musicians who will play Nordic renditions of favorite Frozen songs. (laughs) And yoo-hoo, get ready for a big summer blowout. (laughs) Totally chill dinner as Oaken. Yes, Oaken. I love this. Yeah. Oaken and his hearty party planning service. <laughs> this guy does everything. Right. Uh, they are catering the big event. So he's your, kind of your host for the evening. Wow, Oaken, that's Because awesome. he is, this is his hearty party planning <laughs> service. I love this concept. Uh, the space itself will be uh, a chalk a block with Easter eggs uh, from the world of Frozen, including family heirlooms and paintings and Arendelle's soldier's suit of armor, uh, the grandfather clock featured in the original film, Busts of Anna and Elsa, and the lantern featured in Olaf's Frozen Adventure, plus the stunning windows that look outside will undergo a magical transformation Ooh. during the meal, and that will be snow good. <laughs> this is right from what D23 wrote, yeah. by the way. <laughs> I'm not that like good. I can't, I can't I write know. that kind of stuff. No, no, no. 
Uh, the, as far as the menu, the one-of-a-kind menu combines traditional flavors and ingredients from the Nordic region with modern fare. It includes entrees such as a seared Chilean sea bass that comes with a cornucopia of fresh vegetables and a juniper-spiced roasted free-range chicken that comes with duck fat fried potato. Yum. <laughs> and uh, estragon wild mushroom. So uh, I'm there. Yeah. I cannot wait. Yeah, uh, I'm sure I'm, it's going to be yummy and fun. Yes. I just, uh, I just decide, do I want to be Elsa or Anna for the night when I show up? <laughs> Which gown do I want to put on when I go? Well, that's a good question. Yeah. I thought you were going to say, well, separate tables. <laughs> I won't say that on air. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, finally, we wrap up again. We're Marvel fans. So this is another one we're excited about. The other mm-hmm. dining room is Worlds of Marvel. Uh, they say, for an epic eating experience, look no further than Worlds of Marvel, the first ever Marvel cinematic dining adventure where guests will play an active role in helping our superheroes save the day. Avengers Quantum Encounter will immerse guests in a story with Ant-Man and the Wasp as they embark on their first public speaking engagement on behalf of the Avengers to discuss some of the innovative technologies, including Iron Man's arc reactor. Naturally, things don't go exactly as planned. (laughs) Shocking. Right? Uh, While assisting Ant-Man and the Wasp with some small-scale trials, guests will be able to engage with a quantum core at their table and when enough of the cores are activated at the same time, the entire venue will become supercharged <laughs> as energy pulses through the power channels in the walls and the ceiling. But trouble arises when Ultron, <laughs> you can't keep a good villain down, right? <laughs> shows up with an army of sentients who are determined to get their hands on the incredible quantum technology. That's when Ant-Man, the Wasp, and guests, with a little help from Captain America and Captain Marvel, join forces to save the day. Wow. Yeah. (laughs) So fun. They also go on to say, and in massive Marvel news, the stars of the Marvel Cinematic Universe have come together to lend their talents to this extraordinary experience, including Paul Rudd as Ant-Man. Yes. Evangeline Lilly as the Wasp. Mm -hmm. Anthony Mackie as Captain America and Brie Larson as Captain Marvel. Cool. So you are getting the actual actors to be wow. a part of this. Very cool. Yes, that is really cool. Uh, the actors have already filmed their roles for the show and much of the action will take place on the upper decks of the Disney Wish, which is being created in photorealistic CGI while the ship is under construction. So wow. I guess we're going to have some sort of big action sequence that's going to happen right. while we're there that you're going to get to take a glimpse of. Sweet. That's kind of cool. Yeah. yeah. As for the menu, they say guests will definitely need a lot of energy for this undertaking. So it's a good thing Worlds of Marvel has a world-class cuisine with dishes inspired by real and fictional settings of the MCU, including African Wakanda, Eastern European Sokovia, and of course, New York City. (laughs) And what better way to top off a meal than with a heroic dessert like a sticky fig pudding inspired by Peggy Carter with salted caramel, coconut, Mm. and vanilla ice cream, or perhaps a flourless chocolate beetroot cake. So Mm. that all sounds uh, yummy. Yeah. And I cannot wait till we get to try out all those dining rooms next year. I know. Won't be long. Yes. So finally, wrapping up the Disney stories of the week really quickly, I just want to say Disneyland teased the return of an all-time guest favorite this week and it almost brought me to tears okay let's be honest it brought me to tears (laughs) when i saw it i was incredible on tuesday disneyland released a short video on tiktok luckily 
We're not on TikTok, but we're, it was released everywhere else. Right. We got to see this video as well. It showed a truck backing into a warehouse. The camera pans, and what do we see? But the illuminated snail right. from the main, I'm getting chills right now just talking about it. <laughs> the main street electrical parade, the music kicks in. That's when the tears flowed for me. <laughs> and he does a little spin and heads toward the truck. And then we get a to be continued note. Most people think that, yes, that is a tease that the main street electrical parade will be returning soon to Disneyland. Yeah, yeah. So we're not on TikTok yet. But anyways, uh, <laughs> <laughs> but um yeah it, it it was similar to some commercials that they've run in the past too so it was very cool to see that and know that uh what's ahead is going to be fabulous yeah so we don't know anymore we don't have an official notice right. that this is happening yet but pretty much I, I don't think they do this unless they're you know they have plans for right. this they're not just going to tease for no reason right. here so Likely that this is coming back. We don't know when. I would expect sometime once we get through the holidays, mm -hmm. uh, maybe early into 2022, right. that we will see this parade return. And right. Couldn't be more excited I about know. it. I know. It's awesome. Love the Main Street Electrical Parade. Yeah. And very excited that it's coming back. Yeah. So that's really cool. Very cool. So that's it for the Disney stories of the week. However, we never leave you without giving you some sort of tip that might help you on your next vacation. And when we do this, we always start with Michelle. One, because she does the best research. <laughs> she has the best lists. Yeah. But she definitely has the very best tip. So let's get to it. Here's Michelle's tip of the week. Well, thank you, honey. So um, this really relates to uh, Disney Vacation Club bookings. And, you know, there are some times of the year that it's um, more sought out days than other times. And getting that jump in on it to make your reservation is, is key. You know, if it's your home resort, you have as uh, as much as 11 months ahead. If it's not, if you're booking into a room that is not your home, it's seven months. But really the key is to being at the right spot at the right time. So being online, ready to book that window as soon as possible. And the, the window opens actually at 8 a.m. Eastern time on that designated date. So if you're looking for something, whether it's, you know, exactly 11 months out or exactly seven months out depending on which resort you're looking for and if it's your home or not just know that you if it's something that's more you know especially with certain holidays and and or the summertime with certain weekends or spring breaks things like that um being there at 8 a.m eastern time 5 p.m pacific for those yeah 5 a.m for those of you here on the west coast um to make sure you're getting a jump on it because some of them will go quickly you know whether it's certain resorts and certain times a year uh, it's not always and you can always go on a wait list but if you really want to bank on something that's your opening window time yep it's good to know because yeah there's some of them uh, like run disney weekends or whatever right uh, some of these rooms that you really want to get right will go early and you may not get the resort or the room or whatever you want uh, again wait lists work often they've worked often for us but they don't there's no guarantee right. of that so right. um, get on there as early as possible if you want to be sure and get that exactly. uh, spot that you really desire so very good thank Michelle's you tips. Always <laughs> the best tips. Uh, my tip for this week, well, we just talked about a lot of great food and dining uh, when you're aboard a Disney Cruise Line mm -hmm. ship. And that goes for all the Disney Cruise Line ship. Uh, one of the perks of going on a Disney Cruise mm -hmm. is all this great food right. aboard, you know, and some you can pay extra for, but a lot of it comes with the price of being aboard that ship. And you're going to want to sample a lot of this great food. Yes. Sometimes you're going to want a couple entrees, a couple desserts, whatever. Right. Well, what I'm going to talk about 
about is how to feel like, you know, you can still eat all this stuff, but maybe you don't come home feeling like you ate all that stuff. <laughs> There's a couple things you can do to kind of, you know, cut back on some of those calories or at least get some of those calories back by doing a little exercise when you're on sure. board. Uh, of course, each Disney cruise ship has a great gym mm-hmm. filled with, you know, top of the line equipment that right. you can check out. Uh, they also have some exercise classes, some that are free, some that you can pay for. That's your choice and what you want to do. Um, you can also walk or run on deck. Uh, mm-hmm. The promenade deck on these ships goes all the way around. Right. Uh, it's a great way to kind of get out there and get some exercise when you're out at sea or mm-hmm. whatever. If you're in port, uh, maybe you do a, an excursion or two that maybe is a little more physical. You're right. not riding on a sightseeing tour bus right, or whatever. Right. Nothing wrong with those. But maybe you pick out something a little more physical, like a hike, right. a guided hike, or kayaking. Right. Or, you know, if you go to Castaway Key, I mean, they're not doing the actual uh, formed, you know, structured 5Ks right, right now. But you still can do the 5K right. on, your own. on your own at Castaway Key. Maybe get a little exercise there. And even if you just don't want to even do any of that, just do something simple. Like rather than taking the elevator every time, mm-hmm. take the stairs. Right. You know, most of the time when you're on board the ship, when well, you don't have to wait for elevators. Right. To you know, that you get that little extra exercise sure. when you're on board. So just some quick ways that you can kind of feel better about all this food you're eating <laughs> when you're on the crew Disney Good cruise point. ship. So that's it for this week. As we already talked about, next week we're flipping this the uh, script here. Uh, this week we did Disneyland for the Walt Disney World fan. Next week we're doing Walt Disney World. Right. For the Disneyland Disneyland. fan. So we'll have more planning strategies, information, and tips to get you set for your trip to the destination where dreams come true. Very good. Yep. So we appreciate that you joined us today. In the future, you can find us most everywhere you get podcasts. However, the very best place to find us is on our own website, HyperionAdventuresPodcast.com. And while you're there... We'd love for you to sign up for our newsletter. Please sign up for the newsletter. Just another way to be involved in the Hyperion Adventures podcast world. Another great way is to follow us on social media. We're on Twitter, at Hyperion Podcast, Facebook, Instagram, and Pinterest, at Hyperion Adventures Podcast. If you're on Facebook... Come on and join us in our Hyperion Adventurers Facebook group. Just a great space for positive Disney energy. Uh, We're also on YouTube. Just do a quick search for Hyperion Adventures Podcast. Hit subscribe. You'll know whenever we have a video there. And if you ever want to contact us for any reason, please hit us up at our Gmail account, Podcast at gmail.com. Right. Thanks for those of you who have reached out to us. We love to hear from you. And we also really appreciate if you tell a friend or family member about our podcast. Yep, this is the easiest way to let people know that this podcast exists. That's it for this week. Thank you for listening to another episode of the Hyperion Adventures podcast. We look forward to sharing some time with you again next week. Until that time, I'm Tom. I'm Michelle. And we hope that you have a magical week. Bye.